0: listening to Impact Izzo, the soon voice of Michigan State University basketball, bringing you news, updates, and more.
1: Basketball season rolls closer day by day. We are getting that much closer, and uh, as a Michigan State football season kind of wanes away with uh, kind of its hopes and dreams after a certain loss to a certain in-state team this week. We're kind of looking ahead to basketball season here, so thank you for joining us on the Impact is Own podcast. Season 6, Episode 2, the second episode that I am joined by my two lovely cohorts, Amanda Poole, Julian Mitchell, alongside myself, Ryan Cole. Welcome in to the Impact is Own. How are you guys today? We just had a busy day of Media Day yesterday. How about that?
2: Yeah, Media Day was really exciting. It was cool seeing all the players kind of interact with each other and the media, but each other was kind of cool because... They're all just so funny. Yeah, honestly, the basketball players are very funny. They're goofballs. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was a great time. First media day on the, the men's beat. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Players were great. Seeing all the media come out was fantastic. They do a nice setup. Treat us well.
1: You know, that video that we did afterwards, guys, I'm really proud of you guys. You know, we were we were fretting and everything. And, of course, that happened before the first podcast last week. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do and everything? But you guys stepped it up. I'm proud of you
2: guys. I'm proud of myself. Pat
1: yourself. (laughs) Don't hurt yourself. Pat yourself on the back, there, Amanda. (laughs) Sheesh. (laughs) Well, uh, you know what we—I don't think we realized yesterday—is that even though everybody's talking about how do you replace Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson this year, Michigan State still is a preseason top ten team, officially, barely. (laughs) <laughs> they are ranked number 10 in the AP and the coaches polls going into this season, and uh, they have been ranked in the preseason polls for, uh, I believe, seven straight years now. The last year that they weren't ranked in the preseason, they played on the carrier classic uh, on that aircraft carrier against North Carolina in 2011-2012. They ended up becoming a number one seed that season, uh, in the NCAA tournament, but that's the last time they were unranked in the preseason. By the way, don't have notes for that. I just remember that. So just you're, you're, you're off the, <laughs> off the dome just, at all times, you know, media guides are just my favorite thing in the world. So I'll just say that, but yes, number 10 in the AP and the coaches poll, the highest ranked team in the big 10 are the Michigan state Spartans. And, uh, Looking elsewhere in the Big Ten, and we'll we'll go a little more into our Big Ten predictions and outlook next week. We're going to have a big episode next week, but don't, don't leave this one right now. Don't click away. Michigan, coming off a national title game appearance, of course, losing to Villanova. Number 19 in the AP poll, 18 in the coaches poll. Purdue is still ranked, uh, 24 in the AP poll and 22 in the coaches poll. And then Nebraska is... 24th in the coaches' poll and receiving votes in the AP poll. Also receiving votes in either poll, Indiana, Maryland, Wisconsin. So after a year where there were four Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament last year, there's going to be a lot more competition this year.
2: Yeah, I agree. I definitely think Big Ten is always just you never know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Every team comes in with their own talent, their own skill set, and you just... It's kind of exciting, too, because you don't know what to expect. But then again, it kind of, for predictions and, you know, for your own team's sake, you just never know what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, this Big Ten, this whole conference, there are a bunch of teams that have lost star players and are looking to fill those holes. Some of them with players who weren't necessarily stars but are looking to take a step forward. You look at um, Wisconsin with Ethan Happ and Brad Davidson trying to take a step forward, take a leap there. Purdue losing a couple players, especially Haas, and now trying to regroup with Carson Edwards and see if he can be a a player of the year candidate. And then Michigan, of course, with Mo Wagner. This is a lot of teams looking to take that next step, and that leads to a lot of competition within the middle area of this conference.
1: Now, yesterday at Media Day, I'll admit it, I tried to bait Tom Izzo and some of the players, especially considering the football game uh, on Saturday, the loss to Michigan, I'll admit it, I tried to bait them a little bit into giving me a nice little rivalry jab or like a a quote or or anything. They wouldn't bite. I tried to ask Tom Izzo, hey, Michigan, Michigan State, the top two ranked teams going into the preseason, and he immediately deflected to the rest of the Big Ten and kind of went through all of them. Uh, He said, quote, it it looks good on paper that Michigan State and Michigan are top dogs, but... um, but he definitely gave a lot of credit to the rest of the teams. I asked one or two of the other players. I think uh, Kenny Goins was the one that, that I asked most specifically, hey, you guys in Michigan, you know? And he, he just said, we don't play them until February, so I'm not worried about them right now. So I was a little disappointed as a, <laughs> as a, as a <laughs> well, hungry sure. media member. I was like, come on, give me something that you can – because like, at Michigan's media day this week, did you guys see that? Uh, Jordan Poole. Calling East Lansing trash and oh, and things like that. So, Michigan and of course they were coming off a you know big win, so they were I'm sure a little more um, excited to get that quote yeah. out there. But but anyways, I digress. Um, I, I think the conference is going to come down to Michigan. Michigan State this year. I think I've said that already on this podcast. Am um, very excited next week to get into our Big Ten predictions. But looking at this team right here kind of breaking down media day this whole this whole episode here. That's why we're coming to you a little later this week. Uh, wanted to just bring you all of our quotes and everything that we uh, gathered. First off, Tom Izzo, his starting lineup, he was asked if a, a game was well, Thursday, you know, media day, if a game was going on that night, who would be a starting lineup? And I don't think there's many surprises in here. Point guard, Cassius Winston. Shooting guard, Matt McQuaid, senior captain. Small forward would be Josh Langford. I think basically McQuaid and Langford would be interchangeable, their wing positions. Power forward, they would start Xavier Tillman or Kenny Goines. That's the only one that's up in in the air. And then center, Nick Ward. So just kind of your initial thoughts on that starting lineup and how, how they can, I guess move forward this year from, say, a disappointing end to last season?
3: Yeah, I think this is a starting lineup that could be very good, potentially. On paper, it doesn't look like the greatest. There are definitely spacing spacing issues. Mm-hmm. I could see, as you look at uh, Winston, obviously a great three-point shooter, but McQuaid and Langford both have to be a little bit more consistent from the outside to be more of a threat. The, the coin flip of Tillman and Goins is going to be very interesting because that is going to come down to, at least for me, experience between Goins. But then how much has Tillman truly grown over the course of this offseason? Because I do love going starting there with the experience and the passing ability that he has to help facilitate that offense around there. But Tillman, if that jump shot's working and Cassius Winston is able to drive to the basket and kick it to him, that's going to help spread the floor even more.
1: And I think that you mentioned spacing. You're right. It's how do Tillman and Ward get some of those outside shots uh, to fix into their game?
2: Yeah, I think the the starting lineup that he kind of stated is it makes sense. It makes sense having those three juniors back. It makes sense having you know Matt McQuaid there as a senior. Yeah, I think just Tillman's the only kind of wild card. Izzo did say that he liked Tillman off the bench, so starting Goins might be a good idea. But I mean, we'll just have to see how much these players really improved over the um, summer and stuff. So
1: especially with Goins, you know, it's it's always been under Tom Izzo. How do you how does your senior, you know, take the next step? And and with Kenny Goins being that kind of guy, look, he's a little undersized, and he—I he, don't think he's as flashy of an athlete as Xavier Tillman is. So I think Tillman, and obviously as a sophomore, has much more potential at this point than uh, Kenny Goins does. So we'll see what he does about that. um The exhibition game next week. We're going to talk about that at the end of this episode. If you see a starting lineup come out of there, I I don't think for like they've started like Kyle Arnes there for years in the exhibition game. And it doesn't mean anything if 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 you see them trot out Tillman instead of Goins, that won't mean anything for the Kansas game. So we really won't know who the starting lineup is, quote unquote, until November 6th, Champions Classic Indianapolis against Kansas. But I, I do agree. I think it can be a, a good starting lineup. It's not a you know flashy one, of course. There's no guy that's going to be a lottery pick on that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, guys who are going to be, I think, great college players. Cassius K- Winston can be a great, great, I mean, elite college basketball player. Don't know about his pro potential, but he can lead this team, and uh, we'll see how that goes. The other big thing, of course, roster-wise, There was no injury news.
2: Knock on wood.
1: Knock on wood. Yeah, okay, but, you know, that's – especially with guys like Kyle Arns in the past or even, you know, Bridges got, you know, nicked up here and there last year or, uh, you know, how how does this team stay healthy, you know, because I think that last year they had so much depth. This year not as much, you know. There's five freshmen on this team, and and I don't know that Tom Izzo is ready to trust – five freshmen to go in and try to get his team back to a final four so so far the only injury news is jack hoiberg who is a walk-on of course uh son of fred eye injury kind of a weird one he was he was starting out practice in goggles yesterday it was
3: there we go his kirk heinrich <laughs> yeah really hey i mean <laughs> keep keep the
1: chicago bulls chicago thing going right thing Yep. On. chicago going but uh that's really the only one that happens so i mean as far as that goes, no news is good news, right? I exactly. mean, that's that's something that we've seen happen, again, and I allude to the Michigan State football team, you know, a lot of injuries, and that's really kind of taken a season that had a lot of hope and, and started to kill it. Um, so this team, if it can stay healthy, that will, I mean, we talk about preseason predictions and everything. Health is always the big factor, so keep an eye on that. But. I don't know about you guys. The biggest thing I got from hearing Tom Izzo talk and some of the younger guys, this team's leadership is uh is I know people throw it around, it's a buzzword, it's it's the cliche thing, oh well we got great leadership, we got great chemistry. But it's it's true here and I think we've been, you know, blessed as as media members to uh have guys who are willing to talk to us. But I think Spartan fans have been blessed with some great characters for quite some time here under Tom Izzo. I mean, I've been here for this is my fifth season. I'm old, whatever. (laughs) This is my fifth season, and I can't remember guys that had just bad character. I mean, they all were good guys, you know. So when you think of the leaders on this team, Matt McQuay, Josh Langford, obviously the captains, but... Cassius Winston, Kenny Goines, you know, some of those older kind of sage kind of uh, characters. This team's leadership can, can I think, really take them far this year.
3: Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of been the staple since Izzo has been here. You talk to players, and one of the constant things they say, as I was talking with Foster Lawyer, is it's Spartan basketball. And that's the thing. And you look at whatever, however people feel about Duke, but Duke has built a brotherhood based on leadership, based on the players that they bring in. And that gets players to buy in. And this is a team where you lack depth, but you need players to buy into their role and be able to step up when they're on the floor. And leadership and having great character players is a big part of that.
2: Yeah, I think that was a huge topic, just with talking to the players and, you know, asking them how you think this season's going to go, and, you know, bringing up Tum Tum and how he was this great leader last year. I was talking to Kyle Ahrens and he said, basically, it takes a ton of people to fill his shoes, mm-hmm. so they're all kind of taking their own role and realizing where they need to be to help other people, especially, I talked to Xavier and Nick Ward, and they were both saying how they've helped each other because they're so similar, and Nick Ward's kind of taken Xavier under his wing and helped him, like push himself harder and you know back and forth so they're all just helping each other out because they just want the best for each other which is amazing
1: and that's that's the spartan program right there pushing yourself pushing each other um i mean some of those practices that i've seen over the years you know it's 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 dog eat dog out there but they're just trying to help each other become better players and everything and um and i I mentioned a practice and we mentioned lessons i guess uh I think it might be good to play a little bit of what Gabe Brown had to say about kind of early on his uh, his experience in a Tom Izzo practice, and uh, you know it's it's been a little bit of a wake up call, you might say.
0: Stepping in these Tom Izzo practices, go, it's a roller coaster. He he can really he can scream at you. Yeah, um, like, I he didn't scream at me a whole practice straight. Like, I didn't I didn't been through it. i did have been through all the tough times. I didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't he didn't, um, told me good jobs. He didn't, he didn't screamed at me. He didn't got in my face. He didn't tell me that's a, that's a stupid shot. Like, he didn't, he didn't do some things that I feel like I need. Like him yelling at me, I felt like I need him encouraging I need. Cause you, not, not a lot of people in this world could really say that Tom Izzo pushed me to be the best I could be. That's what, that's what I think every time when he says something to me.
1: Yeah. So as you can imagine, it's it's no uh, it's no walk in the park to have a, a Tom Izzo practice, and Gabe Brown is kind of finding that out. Uh, you know, there's there's yelling and all this, but but he's right in the end about how Tom Izzo pushes you like that because he wants the best for you, and that's something that a lot of people see on TV: Izzo getting his face all red and all this stuff. You know, mad at his players, the refs, the you know. The basketball and anything you know, he's he's getting mad at during a game. He's pushing those players because he loves them, and that's the that's the base of this Spartan program is the fact that Tom Izzo at the top wants the best for his players, and to me, that's that's what will carry this team going forward.
2: Yeah, and I think the parallel of their players wanting to do their best for their coach, too, because mm-hmm. they know Tom Izzo is this great coach, leads these great teams, and they want to be the best for him and for their teammates.
1: Don't want to let the program down. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of Spartans that have gone before them, right, that, that they exactly. don't want to let down.
2: Yeah, you,
3: you don't want to let down the players that came before you, and you know they're watching. They're always watching. It's a brotherhood of people sending you texts, sending you videos, letting you know what's going on, how your game is working. And all of it, all the criticism, the yelling getting in your face, like you said, it's all to make you not only a better player, but a better person. These are all guys who, some of them, you look at the Michigan State team, they probably won't go on to play professional basketball. But this yelling, this getting ready, this taking this criticism and working hard is not only preparing them to work harder on the court,
1: but off the floor as well. And we mentioned, you know, some Spartan legends and everything. And, you know, Josh Langford, I don't think is at the level of Spartan legend quite yet, but After talking with him over the last couple years, I've really found him to be one of the wisest, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old now, you know, college juniors that I've ever met, you know, whether in sports or not, Um, just this perspective he has, you know. And and I asked him, and I asked some of the other players, too, you know, last season, big highs, right? They were the number one team in the country for a couple years, won the Big Ten regular season title. A uh, couple top five wins early on in the season, but some big lows. The losses to Michigan, the disappointment to Syracuse. Obviously, everything that was going on off the court too. But I'm I'm strictly talking on the court here. Disappointments, and I kind of asked the players, you know, what do you kind of remember the most from last season? Kind of how can you use that, you know, going forward? And uh Josh Langford I, and I'm not surprised that he had this answer, of course, because he's a very positive guy, but uh Josh Langford was keeping his head hell high.
0: You know, I am I'm I tend to be a guy that that looks at life as as the glass is half full and not half empty. Um and so I don't look at you know, I don't I don't look at, you know, the the negative I wouldn't say the negative moments, but the moments that, you know, maybe weren't so pretty. And you know, because I think last year this this um, last year's team did an unbelievable job of of standing together, um, you know, throughout the stuff that we went through, um, and, and the way that we the way that we handled it, the way we the way we ended up, you know, playing with winning thirty games and hanging up a banner up there, um, uh, it speaks volumes about the, the coaches and the players. And so, you know, that that season last year was a great season for me, and I can say. You know, that, that's probably one of the best teams I've ever been on, you know, chemistry-wise. You know, just everybody. You know, not to say this team isn't great chemistry-wise or the team my freshman year, but that team was just, you know, great to be on because,
2: you know, the more you
0: go through something with somebody, the closer you get with them. And, you know, we went through a lot, and I feel like you
1: know, all those guys that got really close. So it, it was a great season. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, Josh Langford, one of the more positive guys on this team and, and that I've ever met, so... To me, it's no surprise that he says, you know, a hey, glass half full kind of thing. You know, this. Yeah, it's stunk, But you know what? I mean, they they are moving forward and uh, and they want to, I think, make amends this year. But they also aren't trying to forget, you know, they hey, they went 16 and two in the conference last year. So um, and Amanda, I know you talked with uh, Xavier Tillman, too, and he he had kind of a similar, hey, I'm moving forward uh, perspective on last year.
2: Yeah, for sure. He, after that question was asked, which was asked a bunch to a bunch of people, and, and, I mean, Winston, Cassius Winston said that, you know, they're all playing with chips on their shoulder, but then when Xavier was asked about the Syracuse loss, he was like, well, right when I got home, you know, I, I forgot it. I moved on. I was ready to just, you know, move on, get better, and look at the next season. So, I mean, it's definitely just how each player takes it and how they move on from that, what makes them, you know, who they're going to be this year.
1: That's, I mean— that's coming from a guy who, by the way, is a father. So he's he's a sophomore. I mean, when I talk about a wise guy, you know, I, not not like a wise guy, you know. Yeah. Xavier Tillman is, you know, he's so mature for his age. And, and for him to have that kind of perspective, I think that speaks volumes. And, and I think that can pass on right to the freshman, you know, very quickly. That, uh, hey, when the going gets tough, you just move forward, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And that, that gives you a mindset of, of, of realizing, like, this is college basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, life goes on aside from this game. And so you got to think about while you're on the floor, you're going to give it your all and recognize that this is a moment that you're going to shine, but not sit on it and dwell on it. If you dwell on the Syracuse loss, you're doomed to repeat it in this season. But you move on, you go back moving
1: forward, you look at the bright sides, you look at what happened, and then you improve on it for this season. And you look at adjusting, too. And. One of the biggest, I think, moments in the uh, Tom Izzo press conference was that uh, he said they've practiced the zone defense about four times a week. Uh, we're we're look we were looking at each other like, what? There's no way, right?
3: <laughs> well, well, I practice my jump shot four times a week and it's still broke. It still so. sucks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, but that's the thing is, I think for the last like three years, we've heard Tom Izzo say, "Yeah, we've worked on a little bit of zone." They played one possession of zone last year. It was the first possession of the exhibition game in a tribute to Judd Heathcote because Judd's teams where, you know, Judd was Tom Izzo's mentor, they played zone defense. So uh, I think Izzo said that, uh, yeah, we played one, one – he said this last year. We played one uh, one play of zone defense, you know, for one possession, and I think they gave up a wide-open three. So, So I think <laughs> – I think it's taking a lot of uh, adjusting for for Thomas to even think about doing his own defense, but but I digress. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see more of it in that uh, exhibition game. Um, it's it's to me it's more of a I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. <laughs> let's yeah, let's sure. be honest. But going back to the leadership here, um, when I when I mentioned Josh Langford earlier as being you know a wise kind of sage on this team. Uh, he, he had a great quote, I think, when talking about what lessons he can impart on some of the younger guys, because especially as the grind of college basketball goes on high level, you know, it's not like Michigan state isn't on national television every game, you know, at, at the least they're on big 10 network. I think I counted them up and I think out of their 20 big 10 games, 16 of them will be on, a Fox or ESPN network, which means you're on national television. Um, so kind of talked about, Hey, what does it take to get through the grind? What are you kind of teaching these young guys as they uh, get started in college basketball? The biggest thing, um, I always want to let those guys know is that
0: you got to stay even keel, um, just because, you know, you haven't played college basketball before. So you're going to come in and things are going to happen that, you know, you have never thought that they could possibly happen. Um, you know, you're gonna have nights where you feel like you not can't make a shot. Um, you're gonna have nights where your body is just aching, but you gotta go out there and play. Um, you're gonna have different situations and it's gonna present it's gonna be presented to to you that you've never seen before. So the so the biggest thing is to know how to stay peaceful at all times and to stay even keeled. And I think you know that's what I want those guys to understand is that you know, it's gonna
1: be ups and downs, but the great players they know how to stay even keeled throughout all those ups and downs. Even kill we should keep a even keel here on the impact is podcast you know last week you guys were making fun of me with my dad jokes and all this stuff and i'm just telling you keep an even keel please
2: what's <clears throat> what, what is a keel
1: i honestly don't know but <laughs> <laughs> well, like even research keel. team <laughs> research team get on that all right fine we'll we'll look it up you know live on the impact is on podcast we are going to look up the saying even keel if my uh, if my phone cooperates here,
3: here we go. Even keel, plural, even keels. And oh, good. The nautical term. It's the situation in which a watercraft is floating or proceeding in a smooth and level manner.
2: Oh, that makes perfect sense. See? Then. As far as
3: emotion wise, it's the state or characteristic of being under control and balanced.
2: Oh, okay, balanced. okay. Keep balanced
3: there, man. Shout out, there.
1: <laughs> Thank you for crediting your uh, source. There, uh, the keel, by the way, is the longitudinal structure along the center line at the bottom of a vessel's hull. So it's like the underside of a boat. Okay. So so even keel is you're not tipping left, tipping right,
2: balanced, balanced,
1: stay balanced. That's what Josh Langford's telling the youngins here.
2: Okay, I'm glad we could just decipher that. <laughs> for everybody else out that's there that for, struggling. For everybody that's struggling
1: with that quote, you're welcome. There we go. Yes, there we go. But uh I mean he's right though, you know, when it comes to the fact, like I said, the grind, you know. You gotta stay humble and you gotta stay stay on the straight and narrow because if you if you lose sight, kind of like you said, Julian, I, I'm glad you mentioned it with the Syracuse loss even, you know, yeah, the younger guys, the freshmen weren't on that team. But if, if some of the upperclassmen start to think, oh, boy, you know, well, you know, we we, had, we wasted such a good shot last year, you know, you lose sight of the fact that, hey, this is a top-ten team this year. This team has a great chance to repeat as Big Ten champs and potentially get, you know, to the second weekend of the tournament, which hasn't happened in four years. But that that's exactly what Josh Lankford's saying. Keep on the straight and narrow. Exactly,
3: and this is this is going to be a long season with a lot of eyes on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team, yeah, you don't have a Miles Bridges or a Jaron Jackson, but now the question is, how do you fill those holes? So people are going to be tweeting, they're going to be talking. Pundits like us are going to be on microphones talking about how Gabe Brown doesn't play well or Marcus Bingham is too skinny or whatever you want to talk about there. And to remain even keel, remain balanced, that's how you get through a season. You don't, like you said, like a vessel. You don't slip too much to the left or too much to the right. You stay right in the middle.
1: You follow the course, and you finish the season. Because what happens if you, you know, lean a little too far to the right or the left on the boat? You just keep going. You keep tipping over, and you're done for. And you're the Titanic. Did you think that we were going to have boat analogies in the uh, in the Impact Zone podcast here today?
2: Um, I'm. I think I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Got to, about that. We're
1: keeping you on your toes here, Amanda. Oh, yeah, we, for sure. All our listeners, you know, keep you on your toes.
2: <laughs> I can't prepare for this.
1: No, you, you really can't. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> just go, we just go with it. <laughs> That's podcasting, everybody. So, uh, and, and another point that I thought was good, I, I asked a similar question to uh, Kenny Goins about how, you know, what kind of lessons he's teaching so the younger guys. And I want to preface this by saying, you know, we mentioned last week that, Every senior class under Tom Izzo, except for one, made a Final Four, and that was the Keith Appling, Adrian Payne year in 2014. Kenny Goins was in a Final Four because he redshirted in that 2015 Final Four season, so he didn't play, but he got to go. And so I kind of asked, you know, with that in mind, what have you kind of can you take the lessons that you learned from that weekend and teach some of the guys? And here's what he had to say.
0: You can talk about it all you want. You can say you, you can speak of the glories and, and everything that happened for that whole week that we were leading up to, it and how wonderful it was, and even the, the entire term journey up to it. But until you really get to experience it, there's nothing like talking about it, you know. So I, I keep telling them that if you guys really want to experience what it's like, don't listen to me. Let's do it, you know. And that's that's always our plan because no one wants to graduate here and not go to a Final Four. It's always been kind of that thing of Michigan State. So um, for Quaid,
1: you know, this is this is our time to try and get there. Let's do it. That was – I kind of got the chills hearing that too, right? Like, do you guys – because we we talk about it all the time, and, and it, my question was based on the fact, oh, well, you guys are – you know, must be teaching lessons to the younger guys, right? And Kenny Goins is just like, Screw the lessons. Let's just go and do it. Let's play. Let's let's just win every game. Let's defend as Big 10 champs and let's go do it. And I feel like that's an attitude that if this team carries that on and it's not, you know, it's not a bunch of talk, it's actions, I think they can get to where they want to go this year.
2: I agree, and I think that Tom Izzo wants them to focus on just doing it too because yeah, you can be a leader, you can be a leader, and you can tell people what to do or whatever, but they all know what to do. They're all basketball players. Mm-hmm. They all know what it takes to win, and that's all That's all they need.
3: Yeah, and I mean, that. that's big time. That's big time advice because there's, there's going to be moments throughout the season where if you start thinking of a lesson, Kenny Goins taught you, or listen to what Izzo said in a practice, you're not going to focus on what's going on in the game. So much of basketball is, yes, you have to think, but a lot of it is if you truly understand and know the game, it just goes. It flows. And if you're going to be the best team, you can't spend useless
1: time thinking about a lesson from two weeks ago in the season. Going with the flow, absolutely. That should be like the motto of the impactors on Podcast. You know, we're talking about we're talking flow. about you know, you can't prepare for this. You just never go. You never know where it's going. But that's so true. That that's the game of basketball. That's what I think is beautiful about basketball is improvising and m- making something out of nothing. You know. Tom Izzo runs all these set plays and everything, and when it doesn't work, who are they going to give the ball to, to to go create a shot? Um, I think that's going to be Cassius Winston this year. I think it has to be. Um, maybe a pick-and-roll at the top of the key, you know, shot clock winding down. We've I, I always love talking about this on the Impact His Own podcast because we, we see Tom Izzo's teams run set after set after set, and there's a lot of designs and everything. But basketball is you know, one thing can go wrong and and it can spiral. So how do you limit those things that go wrong? Um and how do you how do you make the most of a situation? So I'm excited already. I mean, geez. This, this <laughs> Well there's this so much up diet. in the
2: air. There's so much we don't know exactly. what to expect. It's like
1: let's get out there, let's do yeah, it. Let's watch I a game. See, right? I wanna see yeah. yeah. That's 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 like I said, that's that's what's beautiful about basketball and our Preseason talk here is based on a few quotes, right? And based on well, we think we saw this in practice. We think we heard that, but but uh, well, let's just get out there. Let's let's see that Tuesday uh, exhibition game yeah. against Northern Michigan. Yeah,
3: that's the biggest thing. You look at Tillman; like a lot has been talked about his off-season work, but show me the jump shot. Yeah,
1: let's see it. Yeah, exactly. And, and Midnight Madness. You know, there's a little bit of a scrimmage there, but how much can you really take from that? You know, it was. Yes, okay. I was that guy that charted everybody's points and shots and everything in that. Okay, of course. I still Xavier Tillman went six for ten. He took the most field goals out of anybody on the team. It's, it's fine, but but you are right. Let's get out there and play. So, closing up our media day discussion here. I am kind of curious what are what are your biggest takeaways and most memorable moments or quotes you guys heard. Um, I want to start here with uh, Julian.
3: Yeah, for me, there's there's a point during the media day talking with Nick Ward, and he was talking about one of the things he worked on the offseason is his explosiveness. As he lost weight, he was able to get up a little bit higher. And then he, he goes into he's like, I dunked on a lot of people. <laughs> and, of course, the oh. next question after that is who on on the team? And, and he you think he's going to give you, you know, one, two players. He goes on two hands and starts counting the number of people he has dunked on. And then he uh, ended one with a little, nice little accident.
0: Dunk on no. I've dunked on a lot of people on my team. <laughs> can you name them? <laughs> yeah, I can name them. Just feel him. Uh, like I dunked on Thomas yesterday. <laughs> I dunked on Kyle. I dunked on uh, Marcus. I dunked on McQuaid, Kenny, X, Aaron Henry, uh, Gabe Brown. And that's it. <laughs> Is spot still oh, to and Brayton, Brayton three times in one day. <laughs> Yeah, Anybody
3: that's fall
0: it. Over, you dunk on them and just Bray, got a bloody
1: nose. That's <laughs> about it. <laughs> Boy, he just... <laughs> he's just—he's
2: proud of himself. Right he is—he
1: is really proud of himself. Maybe we should have gotten a follow up there from Brayden Burke about <laughs> How, how's your nose doing? How you doing there? <laughs> yeah, no
2: injuries.
1: Uh, wow. I mean, that's that's pretty funny too. I mean, yeah, he, it was absolutely hilarious. sitting <laughs> there with the rest of the
3: media, and we're like, oh, he's he's still going. Right. This is happening. And then he's like, Brayden. Three times in one day, and they're like, oh my goodness, Uh-oh, this man. poor kid,
1: <laughs> he got dunked on. They're probably going to sell that poster first game. And Nick's <laughs> bragging about it to everybody he can see, anybody who's willing to talk to him. He's like, oh. Let me tell you about this time where I gave Braden Burke a bloody yeah, nose. It was he, he didn't even hold back. He, it wasn't, you know, one of those things where he's like, you
3: know, I can't give out names. And he gives out names. He was just right uh-huh. off. Mm, mm, yeah, he mm, was like, can you say any
2: names? He goes, oh, I can give you names. I can give you names. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks for asking. I'm yeah. glad you did. <laughs> That's, uh, hey. But that explosiveness, you know, that we'll see if Nick Ward can, can become that much more of an explosive player. And I think he's realized that after, you know, the NBA draft process and everything is that, you know, there are some phenomenal athletes out there in the nba that you know i think if nick ward left last year he he would struggle but but i think he's working on it in a college program with phenomenal facilities here and everything coaching training strength and conditioning wise i think he can do it this year and make that big jump and maybe maybe after this year he does leave
3: yeah, and but was, we'll see.
1: That was a big thing that he
3: got told to after you know some of the workouts he had with, I think he said about nine teams in the mm-hmm. NBA, was how, one, he came into those out of shape. And mm-hmm. he knew he came in out of shape, and that was a big thing for him. And now coming back this season, a focus has been on getting him more in shape. And you know, a lot of guys of his size and stature don't usually play too many minutes out there on the floor. And he said he plans to play 30 minutes a game at this point. He feels like his body is ready for that. And
1: if he can do that, he feels more explosive it's going to be a different Nick Ward to see this season. Because he did not play 30 minutes a game last year. No, no, year. no. He might have topped 30 minutes once, maybe twice. I mean, I'll maybe maybe I'll look up that uh, for our research department here and uh, get that back to you. But if he can play 30 minutes a game, that's huge for Michigan State. Amanda, your favorite moment, I guess, from, uh, from Media Day.
2: There was a lot of favorite moments, but I think the one that stuck out to me the most was I was talking to Kyle Ahrens, and he was just like a little kid when he was talking about how excited he was to get back on the court after being injured last year. And that just goes to show how much all these guys love playing the game of basketball, and how much that passion goes into how well they play. So it was just so funny and nice hearing about how excited he was.
0: Yeah, I get I get adrenaline rushing through <laughs> me thinking about it. So I at night I can't even like I think about it, and then I get myself like I stay awake on it. But <laughs> oh, I just calm myself down, and then uh, you know I'm so excited. The first couple of games are gonna be I'm gonna be very jittery and. <laughs> Get, getting used to it, I haven't been there in two years, and I'm excited.
1: You're right. Kyle Arnes was uh, very, very excited about getting back there. Oh, yeah. and you, you feel for a kid like that, too. You know, he's had a lot of injury issues for his first few years here at Michigan State. Uh, had to redshirt a full year. And then, I mean, he's coming back now as a redshirt junior. And on a team that, hey, they can use a spark plug like him at, at kind of that 3-4 position there uh, to to lock down on defense, but also hit some outside shots.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited to see what role he kind of plays on the court this year. And also, fun fact, for those of you who didn't know, because I was very surprised, um, he has the highest vertical on the Spartans team.
1: Yeah, Tom Izzo mentioned that in the press conference, and Amanda and I looked at each other like, Kyle? <laughs> Kyle Arns? Him? Are you sure you didn't mean someone else? Yeah, that's
3: that's up there with We Practice Zone, for <laughs> I need to see the tape. (laughs) I need to be there for this vertical (laughs) jump test Uh because that's
1: wild. We're giving Tom Izzo the lie detector test right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Next press conference, we'll bring in a lie detector test for Tom Izzo. How about that? Tom, uh, we'd just like to strap you up to this little machine here for a quick second. Does Kyle Lawrence have the highest vertical (laughs) on the team? Have you practiced zone four times a week? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well. Anyways, uh and for me my my most memorable one is uh talking with Xavier Tillman. I I'm fascinated with how he how he can get out there and and improve. His body is just in so much different shape than when he got here a year ago, by the way. He's just a true sophomore. Um but I've talked about his maturity and everything being a father and everything, but I think that that's really helped him to um just just go at it. When he gets on the court, he plays with purpose. And that's the one thing I noticed last year is sometimes he'd be the only guy out there playing with passion and purpose, you know. And it seemed like some of the more talented guys kinda of go through the motions a little bit. So Xavier Tillman, he's looking to continue that this year. So he was asked about what's the biggest thing that people will notice that might have changed uh, in the off season, about Xavier Tillman,
0: I got a crazy motor. Like mm-hmm. I play, I play hard. I play really, really hard. So if I if I don't say we're on defense and I get a rebound and I outlet to cash, you might see me as the first, or second guy. Okay, maybe like the third guy down the court. Like <laughs> I I I like to run the floor and and be a, a post presence. Um, and I'm shooting the three ball now, so that's one thing that. That people should be looking for, that I'm going to be looking for.
1: So there you have it. Xavier Tillman will be the first one down the court when he grabs a rebound, passes out to Cassius. Okay, no, maybe second. Okay, no, maybe third. But but still, <laughs> he'll be he's there. He'll but be there. still, guys, he'll get down the court at some. Point. He'll get down there. But but no, he for him to say, you know, because we hear we hear these players come up with these. Yeah, I have a I have a pretty good motor, and you know, I'm 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 a good jumper, you know. I have a crazy motor. Whoa. When I heard that, I went, that's it. I'm, first off, I went, I'm playing that on the podcast. But also, I was like, that's huge. That's huge for Michigan State. So how how can he impart that motor on some of those other players? I think that is uh, another big way that Michigan State can, can get the most other players this year.
3: Yeah, that's going to be big. You know, this is a team where they have a lot of talented freshmen and a lot of talented players in general. But a lot of questions with talented players is do they have the motor to run up and down the floor to want the ball, the passion to play? And if Tillman can impart that on this team, then you have talented players with motor. And, I mean, if you're Tom Izzo, there's nothing better you can do than work with players who want to play as just as much as they are talented.
2: I'm— like you said before Tillman is that player that you saw on the court with the most passion or just with that where you could just see him wanting to be there for every second that he possibly could so I think that that helps him in the fact that he wants to get down the court yes it's helping him that he's like dieting and doing all this great stuff for his body but mental toughness is going to be a huge um you know thing this year with what how far this team can go
1: mm-hmm. Saver Tillman I'm telling you guys I'm very high on how he does this year, so that's where I think I would lean him instead of Kenny Goins there in the starting lineup. Obviously, we will see in a couple of weeks, but, um, boy, less than two weeks till that Champions Classic. But first, there's an exhibition game, so let's get into it. The big showdown, Tuesday, October 30th, against the mighty... Northern Michigan, I forgot their Wild mascots. Cats. Wildcats. Oh, I, I could have guessed that. Dang it. Come on, man. Get your head in the game. I was in Marquette twice. Oh, yeah. What team? Wildcats. 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 Get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. Um, I was in Marquette twice this uh, summer visiting Blake. So, Blake, I know you're listening. We miss you here on the Impact Zone Own Podcast. <laughs> just, it's, he's not dead. He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's in Midland, actually, now. So he's doing very well for himself. Tuesday, Northern Michigan comes into the Breslin Center for an exhibition game. They're a Division II team in the GLIAC. Uh, Yes, that is how you say it, the GLIAC. I believe it's Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Um, Of note, Northern Michigan is where Tom Izzo played basketball. And where Tom Izzo was a D2 All-American, by the way. So uh gives hope to some of us five foot eight guys who who think that they can be good at basketball <laughs> northern michigan comes into town they were 15 and 13 last year uh and, and if you think that we're just going to pass this over absolutely not we're going to get you ready for northern michigan and uh, and they've got some decent players on their roster
2: yeah i mean looking ahead you see that it's Isaiah Johnson, a returning senior, Naba Eccles, a returning senior, both averaging about 17.5 points per game. I mean, they were awarded, you know, named preseason player of the year. Naba Eccles was, these players are going to be tough. They're going to be out for blood. They're mm-hmm. going to be working hard. And I think that that's a good thing for Michigan State to go up against just to see how, how they're going to do this season.
1: Both on the first team in the GLIAC last year, yes. by the way. And, uh Ferris State last year was the only team that uh, – or this year is the only team that's picked to finish ahead of Northern uh, in the GLIAC. Ferris State also won the national championship in Division Two last year, by the way. So, yeah, uh, Northern Michigan is getting a lot of praise, I think, going into this year. So, yes, it's at a D2 level, but, you know, this is their Super Bowl. You know, it's an exhibition game for Michigan State, but they're going to come in and try to wreak havoc. And Michigan State has lost preseason games before to Division II GLIAC teams. Grand Valley State came in in like 2008 and beat Michigan State in an exhibition game. Just saying. So, with that in mind, my first question is we'll start with Julian. Ooh. Who do you think will. <laughs> Finish with the most points for Michigan State in this exhibition game. This was a tough one.
3: There are A lot of players are going to attempt to show out, but I'm going to go with Nick Ward. I think Nick Ward goes out, puts up a solid 24 points in this one, displaying an improved face-up game and a nice jumper from about 15 feet or so. Some good footwork on the low block. I think he goes out and he has a great opening night. Plays a decent couple of minutes, shows you that he can get up and down the floor with a great motor, great speed. And I think this is going to be a, a big year for Ward. He realized that some teams might not take him in the draft, and I think this is the year that he improves tremendously on his game. Amanda?
2: Honestly, I think with this team, what I'm thinking is the scoring might be kind of not even, but more balanced than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Cassius Winston with you know a game high of 22 points. And, I mean, I feel like we overlooked how well he shot last year. I mean, he shot 49% from behind the three-point line, which is incredible. So, I don't know. I I expect a lot from him this year.
1: I think an exhibition game is a prime spot for a point guard like him to just get out there, hit five threes over that defense, maybe six, maybe seven, start to rack him up a little bit there. So, I'm still going to go with Zayra Tillman. Have you guys picked up on the fact that I'm pretty high on Xavier Tillman this year? By the <laughs> no, way, not at all. Not at I, all. I think Who? I'm being very quiet about it. Um, Xavier Tillman, I think, is my pick. I think he shows a little bit of an outside shot. Um, maybe hits two threes in front of a uh, Izone that'll be like, "Who is this guy?" You know, and that's that's a lot of what the exhibition game is to me. A little bit is they'll start off trading baskets with Northern because. They're going to score points, but they'll forget to play defense. Um, And then Tom Izzo will call a timeout and rip into them to play some defense. And maybe they'll struggle for the first half, but they just will end up being the superior athletes in the second half. Rotations will be all around the place, so it's not like Michigan State's going to win by 50, 60 points here. Um, But I think Xavier Tillman is going to try to show off a little bit of his improvement um, on purpose there. You know, because he has the freedom too in an exhibition game against a D two team. So I've got Xavier Tillman. I say he goes for what twenty three points, something like that. Uh, he definitely did not ever reach twenty three points last year, so that's pretty big for him. As always on the Impact Zone podcast, let's pick the game. Put it, put it in stone, or at least in wave form. What do you think goes on with this game? Give me a final score prediction, uh, Michigan State and Division Two, Northern Michigan.
3: For me, I got Michigan State coming out with the win in this one. I think they like you said, I think will we be all do. Su- I think we can get that out of the yeah. this one.
1: I think we can get that out of the way. Yeah. A final
3: score of 78-65. sixty five.
1: Thirteen
3: point margin. So a little
1: well, you know.
3: I think it'll be interesting. I think some, between some... Eccles and Johnson, they'll challenge mm-hmm. at that guard spot exactly. and definitely force Winston and McQuaid to play
1: tough defense seniors in these exhibition games on d2 teams for every reason just freak me out you know and, and i think they probably freak tom izzo out too because he will he will say it by the way is like you, you i just know when he's previewing them he'll he'll give them much more credit than they you know deserve uh they've got two great seniors who could have played a d1 level and it's We've seen this so much, so much. So to me, that's why I'm going 81-61 Michigan State, a 20-point margin. I don't believe that it's it's going to be a blowout from the start. I think they, like I said, trade buckets that maybe pull away in the second half.
2: I think my prediction, 83-60, solid 23-point lead. Um, I think this team is going to find their groove. I I think they are. Um, and realize they have a good chemistry, and they're gonna show up.
1: Guys, next week we're gonna have actual basketball to talk about.
2: Wow, what we're is gonna, that gonna be like? We're gonna have <laughs> lucky stars.
1: We're gonna have forty minutes of basketball to break down in depth on the Impact Zone podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. As we uh. Brought you our Media Day thoughts. Next week, like I said, exhibition recap, but the big prediction show. I want to get everybody out there with, I mean, and I'm telling you guys, in March and April, when, when you guys are hosting the show without me, sad, you're going to look back on these, and you're going to make fun of each other for some of the bad predictions you made. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> like, I, I will pull some of them out in the next week or so and – tell you guys and show you guys some of the bad predictions that Davey and I had over the years and it happens but you got to put yourself out there first so we're going to do that next week in the meantime enjoy the exhibition game enjoy some actual basketball Michigan State and Northern Michigan on Tuesday of course keep it with WDBM sports on Twitter Instagram all that good stuff Amanda Poole Julian Mitchell I'm Ryan Cole thank you for listening to the Impact of Link Podcast
0: Michigan State.